I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, Psalm 137, if you go often to the book of Psalms. Maybe this one is not the most popular. Uh, but if you look at Psalm 137, it has been called the song of the captives. Uh, when you read the lyrics, it comes straight down to you that indeed it has to be the song of the captives. It reads from verse 1, By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hang up our lyres, for there our captors required of us songs, and our, our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing to us one of the songs of Zion. The psalm portrays Israelites in the land of exile. Their minstrels are silent. Their lures are hung up on willow trees by the rivers of Babylon. And they are taunted by the captors to sing to the Lord one of the songs of Zion. To remember Jerusalem, to remember the temple, to remember the God, in the time when they are defeated, when they are in captivity. And the answer to that request was obviously, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? How shall we sing? I believe Israelites were really broken in their hearts. As the psalm says, in the first months, maybe, maybe even a year, when the memories of Zion were still fresh in their minds, their hearts were still in Jerusalem, and they were mourning over their loss. Perhaps it was a time when they could really see the value what they've lost. And they wanted to go back. The return to the homeland was associated with forgiveness and restoration to the proper relationship with the Lord. And that's what they wanted. But after 70 years living in, by the rivers of Babylon, not all of them wanted to go back to Judah. They were just comfortable where they were. It seems like it was no longer exile for them. It had become a new home. The picture of God's people living in the exile in a foreign land can be seen as an illustration of God's people living in the world of sin and corruption. Which is really foreign 
to the homeland that where, where we are going the world that God has prepared for all who believe in him and you know there is so many of us uh, that United Kingdom has become a new home and uh, many of us I guess love to live in this country perhaps it is a better place for many of us more peaceful more prosperous maybe even more stress less stressful or maybe not I don't know but we can still worship freely to our God in the way he commanded us to do so. We can enjoy the freedom. And we appreciate that, don't we? We praise the Lord for every blessing and every benefit we can enjoy. But spiritually, for all of us, even for those who are born in this country, spiritually, we all live in the land of exile. And I think we have to be reminded from time to time, maybe especially in the time of peace, that it's not our home. Our home is waiting for us. There is a, a city built by the Lord, New Jerusalem, in its perfect beauty and its waiting to be inhabited. That is our home. That is the place where we're going. We have never seen it and we have to take it by faith, but it has to be better from the place we live in today. The world of sin and suffering and corruption. Because no matter how rich and prosperous we may be, we still have to struggle with weaknesses of our bodies, with suffering and sadness. You know, <coughs> before I came to church after my conversion, I have never looked at the world this way. I was taking life as it was. And I guess many people do that, even today. Enjoying everything that was possible to enjoy in my human nature. And simply accepting the reality of this life, here and now. But one day, one of my sisters in Christ said to me, Look around you. Just look around you. How many hospitals? How much suffering? How many problems people face? How many conflicts? How many wars in this world? That is not our home. It's not. It's not our home. Israel in Babylonian captivity had a hope that would go beyond here and now. And it's the same with us today. 
we have a hope that goes beyond life here and now. Obviously, Israelites were connecting the hope for the better future with God of Israel, with the temple and with Jerusalem. And it's clear even from the Psalm 137 that they believed strongly that they will go back to the promised land, to the beloved city and to the Mount Zion. In verse 8, the psalmist wrote, O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed. They knew it. They believed it. And the psalmist continues, If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. It's a quite strong statement, isn't it? But it's a statement of identity. We are Israelites. We have this hope in our hearts that will never be forgotten. Is it the same with us? Do we live with this hope? Do we tend to forget? We should never forget who we are and where we're going. But you know, um, it doesn't mean that the Lord wants us to live in the land of Babylon in misery and sorrow. There is a letter that was written by Jeremiah the prophet to the captives in Babylon. And it was given to him by the Lord. In Jeremiah 29 from verse 1, we can read, These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And the letter, the letter is expressing God's will for his people with prophetic insight. It says from verse 5, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat the produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. You know, think about it. God's ways are different from the ways of man. They really are. There were prophets in Babylon from the sons of Israelites 
that were speaking to people things they believed were encouraging and comforting. And I can understand that. I think I understand the way of thinking. Uh, people in general, even, they would speak about quick return to the homeland, about overthrowing Babylon, and about freedom. But the Lord said to them, from verse 8, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you. And I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. But until then, until the 70 years are completed, live your life. Build houses. Have children and pray for the prosperity of the city you live in. Because in its prosperity, you will find your prosperity. Does it sound reasonable? It does to me. And here comes the verse that we know and quote so often. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. This is our God. Even though they were sent to captivity, God allowed it. But the same God was looking for welfare of his people in that foreign land. That they would settle in and that they would prosper wherever they were. You know, and it sounded for some, for some of the Israelites, not very patriotic. And I think we can understand that. That's the very way of thinking in this world. It was not very patriotic to pray for the city and the country that they were in as a captives. But the letter from the Lord sent by Jeremiah basically said to the captives, don't try to overthrow or rebel against Babylonian king. I have established him until appointed time. I have a work to do in that place. And so you are going to spend their 70 years settling. I could, it could have been a lifetime for some. But the Lord said, instead of rebellion, think about welfare of your family. And I need you to be there to complete my work. You are still my people. Just, you just have to wait until the appointed time and I will fulfill my promise. We see that God works in his own schedule and there are things that will take time as much as it needed. And in the history of God's people, there was always a time for action and there was a 
time to be still and wait for the Lord. We just have to recognize the time. As we start this new year, we may have our plans and hopes for the days and months to come. And I hope that with our personal plans, we always have a plan to keep our lamps trimmed and lights on. And you know, may God bless your plans and make you prosper in everything that you think about. But the true encouragement that we have in the Word of God is above and beyond all the precious things of this world. The most precious gift that we have is in Jesus Christ. On one occasion, when Jesus entered the village, a woman named Martha welcomed him into his house. And we all know the story of Martha and Mary from Luke 10. But it says that Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him, means to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I wonder how many of us are anxious and troubled about many things of this life. Maybe even all of us, to some degree, to some extent. I was thinking about this story. Life of service to the Lord is most certainly one of the things that keep us occupied, and we should be occupied with the life of service. Jesus at the Last Supper made a big issue out of it to teach his disciples this very lesson that we are here to serve. Jesus left this legacy to us that the kingdom of God is very much about serving others. He said that the biggest in the kingdom of God is a servant of all. That's the way how it works. So what does it mean that Martha was gently rebuked by the Lord for asking to order Mary to get up and help her? I believe that the Lord wanted to simply emphasize the importance of his teaching and importance of listening to the word of God. This is the portion that we have in the Word of God, the portion that we have in the Bible that the Lord is giving us. 
that portion was never to be taken from Mary. And it is the portion that we are given to keep safely in our hearts. That's the one thing that no one is able to take from you. No matter what you're going through in life, no matter of the problems and anxieties and you name it, this one thing stays with us and no one is able to take it away from us. Shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? I think we should. No matter of the situation we are in today, we should praise the Lord for giving us hope, hope of final deliverance from the land of exile, when the enemy is still able to taunt us. But we are here. We have this hope. We are one year older and one year closer to that day, the day of redemption. The new year 2020, <laughs> it's in front of us. Let it be the year for us to understand the time we live in and to act wisely. Let it be the time and the year of prayerful consideration for all of us. Even though our home is in the new Jerusalem, I think we can take the lesson from Jeremiah. It is good in the eyes of God and reasonable to pray for peace and welfare of the city and the country you live in. I think about church, this church. We really have to pray for this church community. Let us pray for each other so we can find peace and joy in fellowship of believers, the fellowship. I think it's really important for the function and work of the church that for us to work together we have to have peace with each other. We have to have joy and good, proper fellowship with each other. I pray today that this church will become serving community also, inside and outside the church sharing the blessings and hope we have in our Lord Jesus Christ until that day. So may God help us in all that. May God bless, bless us all in this new year, 2020. And apart from the desires of our hearts, 
I hope we're going to keep in mind and in our hearts the portion that was given also to Martha so we can keep it safely, trusting in the Lord. May God bless us.